For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome back to the Durst Show. I missed you. Gone for, for, for a whole week. And, of course, a lot of things happened uh, during that week. Interesting that the last show we did before we had to go off the air, um, we got the most viewers and listeners in the history of the show, um, well over 250,000, a quarter of a million people, uh, listened. I think I think people are very interested in what's going on in, in Georgia with Fannie Willis, and we'll talk about that today, too. But I wanted to start with something else. I had a very moving dinner last night. I spoke last night at a temple in, in um, Miami Beach, Temple Bethel. Um, the speech was disrupted four times by, by anti-Israel people from an organization that has a fake name. They call themselves Jewish Voice for Peace, but most of them are not Jewish. Um, they just, they're, they're a bunch of old-line communists and radical, hardline, anti-American socialists, but they call themselves the Jewish Voice for Peace. They're not Jewish, and fortunately, they have very little voice, and they're certainly not for peace, but they try to disrupt me, and uh, four times they tried to shut me down. The police came and, 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 and took them away. But the speech went went fine. And um, uh, then I had dinner with a small group of people afterward. And a man came over and he introduced himself to me. His name was David. And he showed me a picture of his son, you know, handsome young 19-year-old boy. Look at his face. Just look at him because I'm going to tell you something just awful about, about what happened to him. So you may have read about this young boy. He was murdered by Hamas uh, on October 7th, but not just murdered. He was beheaded. Uh, and the Hamas terrorists took his head with them and, and, and put it in an ice cream freezer and then tried to sell it for $10,000. Uh, his father, who I had dinner with, had to bury his son without a head. Uh, can you imagine the feeling. You have this handsome, strong, good student, 19-year-old kid, and he gets murdered, beheaded, and his head is being sold in Gaza as a souvenir. Fortunately, the Shin Bet found out where the head was and ultimately recovered it, and ultimately he was buried along with the rest of his body. But if anybody ever tells you that, no, there were no beheadings, no, there were no rapes, they're the equivalent of Holocaust deniers. Um, the evidence is overwhelming. I mean, Hamas bragged about it. Um, there's no doubt. I mean, they put online uh, information about his head. You can't deny this stuff, but people deny it. Like people deny the Holocaust. The head of Auschwitz, uh, Hus Hess, uh, wrote a book about it, detailing in fact, when he was asked on the witness stand and he said, do you deny that you killed, he was the head of Auschwitz, that you killed 250, uh, uh, two and a half million Jews? He said, I categorically deny I killed two, uh, uh, two and a half million Jews. I killed three million Jews. Uh, the, the Nazis bragged about what they had done and Hamas brags what it's done. 
But feminists, radical feminists all over the world, me too, they're denying that there were any rapes. They're saying, you know, prove it. I got a letter today also. Prove it, prove it, prove it. You know, me too, unless you're a Jew, uh, these feminists are willing to accept the word of anybody, even people who have long, long histories of lying, even people who ultimately admit they were lying. But the Me Too movement says if a woman says it, it must be true, except if you're a Jew, then, of course, we have doubts and we, we won't believe you. So I'm going to keep this picture in my office as, as, a, as a memory. The father was so, was so brave to come and and have dinner with us and listen to my talk and um, he thanked me for the talk and i thanked him for the incredible sacrifice his his son uh made speaking of that it seems like uh president biden is about to change his policies um regarding israel because he's afraid of losing michigan that is the dumbest thing i've ever heard yeah there are about one percent of Michigan's population is 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 Muslim, and about one percent is is Jewish, and twenty five percent are evangelical Christians. Evangelical Christians are very supportive of Israel for the most part. Look, there are some Jews who aren't. There are some Muslims who are, and obviously evangelical Christians are individuals. Some support Israel, some don't. But among the twenty five percent, twenty five percent of Michigan voters evangelical Christians, and, and, and some are Democrats and some are Republicans, some are union members. Uh, if, if Biden thinks that turning against Israel is going to help him win Michigan, he's just dead wrong. Not only will it hurt him in Michigan, but even if it helped him in Michigan, it will hurt him in Arizona, it will hurt him in New Mexico, it will hurt him in Pennsylvania, it will hurt him in many, many other purple states. It would be the dumbest decision that a politician has made in recent years. The, 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 the centrist Democrats, who are the majority of Democrats, you know, the, the, the hard left, the squad, uh, uh, Elon, you know, whatever her name is, and, and the, the Congress people from, from the Midwest and AOC and, and, and the Congresswoman from my own district, of, I think her name is Bowman, they don't represent the Democratic Party. And if they did, the Democratic Party would be getting the votes that McGovern got. Um, in, in 19, was it 1970, where he won one state, Massachusetts, my state, I voted for him. But, um, you know, Democrats who become hard, hard, hard left lose elections. And turning against Israel is, is a form of hard left, because that's the only reason you would turn against Israel is if you're hard left and buying into this intersectionality and, uh, you know, uh, the rest of the nonsense of Israel being a colonialist, genocidal state, as, as a friend of mine said, if Israel was trying to commit genocide, they are the worst genocide committers in the history of the world. The population of Gaza has, you know, like tripled since that time. When you commit genocide, you don't grow the population. Um, and, and the percentage of civilians who have actually been killed in Gaza is lower than in any other uh, comparable comparable war. We'll get back to talking about that. Get to the main subject today in one second. Today, the Supreme Court heard a very important case um, about whether or not the state, the government, can prevent um, uh, internet companies, social media companies, um, can, can prevent them from censoring. And probably the case is going to be 
won by the internet companies and lost by Florida and Texas. But keep an eye on it because it's it's an important case. By the way, going back to, to Biden for a second, Biden is 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 thinking about you know imposing a ceasefire in Israel, which means Hamas wins a ceasefire in Israel because he thinks that will satisfy Muslim and Arab voters in Michigan. No, it won't. They're not interested in the ceasefire. They're interested in the end of Israel. You'll never satisfy them. You're never going to say Israel doesn't have a right to exist. And as long as you say Israel has a right to exist, you're going to lose votes among many, maybe not most, but many, many Muslims and Arabs. It's a no-win thing for you, President Biden. So do the right thing. Stick with principle. And uh, let let's see what what happens. All right. Let's turn to the subject at hand. My favorite, I don't know who I pick as my favorite prosecutor. It's a close case. Uh, Fannie Willis, Letitia James, um, um, Bragg, uh, uh, Smith, um, uh, you name it, Weiss. Um, There's a whole rogues gallery of prosecutors today who are out to get Trump. And, you know, thank you. You helped me write a book. A lot of people read it. Uh, I didn't come up with the title, Get Trump. It's the title that uh, uh, that Letitia James came up with, Get Trump. Virtually everything that I say in the book has come, has come true. I didn't anticipate, of course, the sexual relationship between the prosecutor in Fulton County and the man she appointed as a special prosecutor, but that's what I want to get to for a minute, because she did something the other day that is so dangerous and so destructive and so antagonistic to her office and all prosecutors. So let's let's remember the facts. The two of them testified under oath, swore under oath, subject to perjury, that they did not have a sexual relationship before Forney Willis appointed him to be special prosecutor. There's a date right there, a date. And they were both clear, no sex before that date. Yeah, they, you know, knew each other. Uh, Maybe they had been, he had been to her apartment less than 10 times under oath. After that testimony was locked in, the lawyers for the defendants came up with dynamite evidence. They found cell phone records. And they found that there were thousands and thousands of communications uh, between the two non-lovers, casual friends, at the time they were supposed to have been only casual friends, including multiple, multiple cell phone pings from the tower right next to Forney Willis's house. And they were very incriminating in terms of time, according to the pings, He would get to the area. Now, you know, the pings don't come from the apartment. It just comes from the area around the apartment. Um, So he would get to the ping area at 10 o'clock at night and he'd leave 2.30 in the morning or 3 o'clock at night. Okay, so those are the facts. They're undisputable. Um, The question is, do the pings represent him being at her house or do they represent him, you know, being at a pizza bar or whatever in the neighborhood, there's no evidence that he was in the neighborhood other than to visit her, but, you know, speculation. So this is what Phony Willis did, which is so damaging. I think every prosecutor in the United States was squirming when she said this. She submitted a document, a legal brief, in which she said, you know, 
the fact that there are pings and that he was in the neighborhood is totally irrelevant. It shouldn't even be admissible. It's not in any way probative of the fact that he was in in my apartment. Uh, he wasn't in my apartment. And, and the fact that he may have been near my apartment because of the pings is irrelevant. Well, I have to tell you, I have a client now who's in jail for five years for murder. Um, uh, I won his appeal, but then he plea bargained and got it down. But he's in jail for five years based on pings. Based almost exclusively on the fact that cell phone tower pings placed him near, not at, not in, not, but near where relevant facts occurred. And therefore the jury was allowed to infer, and they did infer at the first trial when we got reversed, but infer that he must have been at the crime scene. That is a powerful prosecutorial tool. It's used every day in courtrooms around the United States, including in Fulton County, including in cases brought by, by, by Fawny Willis. It is one of the most powerful prosecutorial tools in their repertory, in their armament. The defendant was in the area. We can prove it by the pings from the towers. Admissible, conviction, affirmed on appeal, courts, maybe they shouldn't, but they have. But now here comes Phony Willis and says, never again should these pings be ever introduced in a criminal case. That's what she's saying. She's saying they're not relevant. They're not relevant to me, unless she's saying, you know, justice for me, but not for thee. Will she actually have the chutzpah to come to court a year from now in a ping case when the defendant says the pings should not be admissible because maybe he was a block away? Will she have the nerve to come into court and say, no, 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 for him, this guy about to go to jail, it's admissible. For me, it wasn't, but for him, it was. Why? Because I'm the chief prosecutor and you have to believe what I have to say. No, it should either be admissible for everybody or admissible for nobody, but there's no special rule for Prosecutor Willis. And I was actually shocked. You know, I'm not easily shocked. I've seen it all. I've seen it all. I was shocked by a prosecutor making an argument that the pings from towers, which place you in a location near the relevant place, either a crime scene or the apartment where she claimed she wasn't having sex with him at, you know, at two in the morning or three in the morning. A judge or a jury can infer. Remember, evidence is admissible if a reasonable person can draw an inference from it, an inference that either helps or hurts the, the defendant. In this case, obviously, it's going to it's going to hurt the 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 not defendant. She's not a defendant. She likes to point out she's not on trial. Yes, you are on trial. You're trying, you're trying to convict a bunch of people, including some lawyers, for not telling the truth to the court. That's the case you have against Trump and some of the electors and some other people. And you're going to try the case, having as the chief prosecutor in the case. Someone who a lot of Americans think committed perjury when he said he didn't have a sexual relationship um, until after he got appointed and, and, and he didn't uh, 
pay for anything. Yeah, he 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 made payments all on credit cards and documented, but he got paid back conveniently in cash without any records. Oh, he has proof. One person at some bar, some wine tasting somewhere in Napa Valley said, you know, I remember she paid a couple hundred bucks uh, for the wine tasting and the meal, proving that what she paid thousands of dollars um, uh, to compensate him for her half of the uh, trip. As I've said before, I will look Forney Willis and her boyfriend straight in the eye and I will say to them, I wonder if the judge would, I don't think so. But I would say to them, I do not believe you. I do not think you're telling the truth. I think you had a sexual relationship before uh, you got appointed. And I think you paid for uh, some of the trips, um, particularly the more expensive ones, you know, to the Bahamas and to other places where you paid for, I don't know if it was first class or coach, airfare and cruises and, and other kinds of things. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think you paid for it. I don't think she paid for it. Now, is there enough to put you in jail for perjury? Probably not. Although there are people in jail on lesser evidence, I have to tell you. There are people in jail on evidence weaker than the evidence that would be needed to convict uh, Forney Willis and and Nathan Wade of, of perjury. Um, you know, I'm not saying they committed perjury. Um, I'm saying I don't believe that they didn't. That's my opinion. That's my belief. I'm entitled to express my belief. They are public figures. They testified under oath. I saw their testimony. I watched them. Like any other American citizen, I'm entitled to express my views, just like you are all entitled to express your views on, for example, O.J. Simpson's uh, guilt or innocence. I defended O.J. Simpson. Uh, he was found not guilty, but you have the right to say you saw him in court. You watched the civil trial. You saw him testify. You don't believe him. That's the right of every American. It's my right, too. So I'm telling you, I don't believe them. Now, the question is what the judge will do. I don't think the judge believes them. He's an experienced judge. Uh, he is, either today or tomorrow, I, I forget which, going to talk to Wade's partner, who apparently has, he doesn't want to testify, lawyer-client privilege. Of course, by the way, Wade could waive the lawyer-client privilege. Um, and he's not doing it. Why not? If the evidence that his partner was giving was exculpatory, don't you think he'd waive the privilege? Of course he would. But it's probably not in uh, exculpatory. It's probably inculpatory. So he's invoking the privilege. Now, the law is unclear whether you can ever make inferences. In the criminal case, you can't make inferences. This isn't a criminal case. This is a hearing. Could a judge draw a negative inference from the fact that Wade wouldn't waive his lawyer-client privilege? He's not going to do it. And, and probably it's good that he doesn't do it. Probably that's the better law. But again, in the court of public opinion, Everybody understands that if you have a witness who's going to testify on your behalf, you're not going to invoke the privilege uh, unless you have something else that you told him that you would be afraid not invoking the privilege would waive. But if you have nothing to hide, well, uh, yeah, like, uh, I've said over and over again, if I had a, a trial involving the false accusation against me, waive my lawyer client privilege. I have nothing to hide. I've never said anything to a lawyer that's inconsistent with what I've said openly and in court, because that's the truth, and I tell the truth. And so we'll see. Um, my prediction is that the judge will not find that they're lying. 
Will he find that there are questions about their credibility? I don't think so. What I think the judge probably will do, not making a prediction, I don't know the judge, what I think the judge probably will do is take the cautious way out and say, look, I, I don't know whether they're lying or not. She's testified, he's testified. But there's enough smoke there so that the appearance of uh, impropriety, the appearance of a conflict of interest, the appearance of uh, an improper relationship at a time when uh, that relationship should not have uh, influenced uh, who gets appointed to be special prosecutor. The totality of the circumstances suggests to me that the better course of conduct is to disqualify Nathan Wade. So I think that's going to happen. I think, by the way, if they were smart, he would recuse himself and he would take himself out of the case so that he doesn't get embarrassed by being recused, that way he can be a big man. Uh, will the judge recuse uh, her? I don't know, because if he recuses her, he may have to recuse the whole office. And that would really tank the case because uh, they would have to send it to a different office where they'd have to basically do the investigation from scratch, call grand jury witnesses that may be able to use the testimony that existed in the grand jury, because maybe there would be no disqualification from, from that. But um, it would mess up things. It would complicate things. So my own uh, suspicion is that the judge probably will take a cautious way out, disqualify Wade, not disqualify uh, Willis, and not find them to have committed uh, perjury, and which would mean she would have to uh, uh, be disbarred, and he would be disbarred, and she would lose her job. I don't think the judge is going to go that far. And based on the conflicting evidence, maybe, maybe he shouldn't go that far. I mean, the only real evidence beyond the circumstantial evidence, which is strong, is the testimony of Phony Willis's friend, who apparently was fired from her job by Phony Willis. She swore under oath that uh, she knew that they were having a relationship prior to the time they said they were having the relationship. Um, I mean, the judge could probably find that she has credibility issues too and might say, look, I, I just, there's not enough here for me to make a firm determination, uh, a career-ending determination of, of perjury. So that's the way I think the case is going. Okay, we've got a lot of letters because <laughs> you had two weeks with nothing to, or a week with nothing to do except write me letters and a lot of you did. Uh, okay. A lot of letters about Mayorkas, and they all make the same point. Basically, you argue that Mayorkas and, and Biden shouldn't be impeached, but Nixon should have been. Mayorkas and Biden have done such incredible damage to this country that it may be a reversal. And, you know, that may be completely right. But the framers of the Constitution had a very narrow view of impeachment, treason, bribery, other high crimes and misdemeanors. And I am an expert on what is a crime. And what is a misdemeanor? And I have seen no testimony that would suggest that Mayorkas uh, committed a an impeachable crime. Uh, but uh, you know that that uh, doesn't doesn't uh, mean very much. By the way, on letters, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. But um, just today and days previously, I have gotten more anti-Semitic mail than on any other relevant period of time, um, uh, you know, all kind of dirty letters, uh, dirty 
filthy, uh, curse-filled letters. Um, uh, whoever at this point is supporting Israel is a worthless piece of uh, no, just the facts. Um, uh, uh, don't believe a word this Israeli is spewing. Hamas was and is still a creation of the murderous Zionists, which are genociding one of the oldest races of people on the planet. I don't know what he's talking about. What race? Palestinians aren't race. They're not even close. Um, in fact, in 1937, the head of the Palestinians testified in front of the Meal Commission and said there's no such thing as the Palestinian people. There's no such thing as Palestine. Uh, we don't want a state. We just don't want there to be a Jewish state. He said we're just part of the greater Arab nation. Uh, if any of you actually researched this murderous group of people, you would be demanding their extinction from the world, like Jews. Uh, this guy has a channel? Huh? He should be behind bars. We will never forget. Shut your filthy Kazarian Jew mouth, you scum. It's just it's ordinary letters that I'm, I'm getting. Dushowitz. Uh, you're such a piece of... Hamas, Hamas, Hamas. Um, and you don't mention genocide. Of course I don't mention genocide because there is none. Um, the Israelis have killed fewer civilians comparable to combatants than in any urban war in, I know, modern history, probably in, in, in world history. When are they going to sentence you to Gitmo, Dersh? Most of the world knows you are under house arrest. Um, uh, the Talmudic you are a Talmudic blood-drinking Jew, J-O-O, -O, a Talmudic blood-drinking Jew. There's more and more and more and more and more. And these, you know, these letters are signed. Ira Corral, um, uh, you know, others, uh, they're signed. Their people are proud of their, of their views. It's just, it's just unbelievable. Okay, let's get off that. But I just thought you ought to know that, um, I, and I wasn't even, these are letters that don't even relate to Israel in, in the sense of they don't come from a show that I spoke about Israel. This was the show I talked about uh, Phony Willis. But no matter what I talk about, I get anti-Semitic uh, mail, sometimes threats. Um, all right. Next letter. Professor Julian Assange. Professor <laughs> Julian Assange has been held in a high security prison in Great Britain for five years. It has never been charged with a crime by the British government. Is there any is this any different than Putin? imprisoning journalists in Russia. Well, for one thing, Assange is alive. Um, and, 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 and some of the Putin people are, are not. Um, Professor Dershowitz, if Julian Assange loses his final appeal against extradition this week, will you offer to defend him? I have offered to defend him, and he's taken up my offer. Uh, I went to London and met with him. We have a photograph together in his lawyer's office. I've been advising his lawyers all through uh, the cases. If he comes to America, I'm sure his lawyers will call on me again to give advice on the First Amendment, freedom of speech. As you know, I was one of the lawyers on one of the Pentagon Papers cases. I argued probably, I don't know, 25, 30 First Amendment cases, including in the Supreme Court. So, yeah, um, I would be Julian Assange's lawyer. I'd certainly one of them, certainly be a consultant on the case. All right. I mentioned in the show something about if you took the New York State, a city, the, the, the Manhattan case, seriously, where uh, he's Trump's accused of not reporting hush money, I said Hamilton probably could have been indicted for the same crime. So somebody wrote me, what about Hamilton 
do you refer to? And then he goes on and on talking about how much he loved the play. But um, Hamilton, when he was the Secretary of Treasury, had an affair with a married woman who came to his house uh, seeking financial aid, and she seduced him. It was all put up by her husband. Her husband then came around. We didn't have a camera, obviously, but there was evidence. So the husband came around and said, unless you pay me by those days, a standard was a fortune, um, I will make it public. And Hamilton paid the hush money. And he didn't report it. I don't know whether he was asked to report it in any way, but he didn't report it. Um, ultimately, he did. He wrote a, a pamphlet about it. But um, hush money doesn't get reported. Otherwise, you wouldn't pay hush money. So that's the reference I made to Hamilton. Um, God bless you, Alan. For many years, I would not listen to a word you said. I have now come to believe you actually have the best interests of the country at heart. Please continue to do what you were doing. America needs you. You're wrong. You're wrong. You're not going to like me next week or next month because you said you would not listen to a word I said. Why? Because I was a Democrat. I was defending Ted Kennedy and I was defending Bill Clinton and I was defending Alan Cranston. Now you like me because I'm defending Donald Trump. That's not a reason for liking me or disliking me. So I appreciate your comment, but I reject it. I reject it. I don't want to be liked by people who didn't like me when I was on a different side as they perceived it as issues. As, I, as I've said before, when people tell me I used to I used to hate you, I, I used to admire you, you know, people on the other side, Democrats, I used to admire you and now I hate you. I said, you're wrong. And they said, you mean for hating you? I said, no, for admiring me. You know, you should hate me. You obviously don't like when I defend people you don't like, but you should never have liked me for defending people you liked. That just happened to be who was in trouble and who I needed to defend me. So I'm trying my best to stick with hospitals. Final letter, uh, praise of my son's phrase, hospital. perfect. My son Elon invented the term hospital, And we now know that they found 200 terrorists hiding in the Nasser hospital. They found all kinds of military equipment, tunnels, everything. It was a hospital, and it becomes a legitimate target, and Israel has the right to clear the hospital, all the patients and all the doctors, all the medical personnel, and blow it up. So uh, that's for today. Let's see what tomorrow brings. See you tomorrow. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.